What a beautiful story to sing. What a beautiful story to recount the story of Jesus' birth. And special thanks to all of the children and the young people who participated in the recording of the story found in the Bible in Luke chapter 2. That was so special. We are on a sort of countdown to Christmas, which is being illustrated through the lighting of the Advent uh, candles each week. And as we light those candles, we are reviewing some of the best, the very best gifts of Christmas, which are the results of Christ's birth. This includes such precious presents as hope, love, joy, and peace. So thank you all for joining us, whether you're joining us here in our facility or whether you're joining from home, watching this service. We're glad that each one of you are here. And today we have lit the third Advent candle representing joy. I wonder how many of you are full of joy today? And now just before you answer that question, even in your mind, I want you to know that there is no right or wrong answer and that I don't believe that we are all going to be experiencing the same level of joy in our lives today at this moment. Some will be more joyful while others will be more joyless. Regardless what level of joy you are experiencing, it's my heart's desire and my prayer to God for you that during this Christmas season, your level of joy will increase and become more complete. As a little aside on this subject, we are talking about Kara Joy today. Do you know anyone who has that name, Kara Joy? I do. It's kind of a fun and meaningful name. Kara is the Greek word used in the New Testament that is translated joy in our English Bibles. The word kara is a very attractive word in Greek that means cheerfulness, calm delight, and gladness. Combining kara and joy into one name is saying the same thing but in two languages, joy. Kara joy is a fruit of the Spirit that is produced in the life of every believer in fact, it is number two in the list of the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, where it says, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Spirit of God at work in our lives produces joy as a result. Well, the Bible indicates that joy is a constant in the lives of Christians, it doesn't suggest that we are always 100% full of joy. Other references to joy in the Bible reveal that the measure of joy in our lives can be more var variable, that the level of joy in any given season of life can fluctuate. The level of joy in our lives is the result of both divine and human factors. Greater joy and fullness of joy is always desirable and available, but it's not always obtained. Sometimes this is due to the behavior of others, and sometimes it's simply because of our own spiritual neglect and distractedness. Consider what the Apostle Paul wrote about joy in the letter that he wrote to the Philippian church. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, he wrote, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. 
Do you think Paul had joy before he wrote this letter? I think he most certainly did. However, he also recognized that his joy could grow, his joy could become more complete, as those Christians whom he loved and cared for increasingly learned to live according to the example of Jesus in their relationships with one another. So our joy can increase. It can become more complete. I believe that this is God's plan for us, that it's his will for us, and it's been made possible because the Savior has come, Christ the Lord. Last Sunday, Pastor Charlie focused in on Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, a passage that pierces the darkness with light, predicting the birth of Jesus and an increase of joy in the world as a result. Because as it says, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And what Charlie shared and illustrated last Sunday set the stage well for what I feel that God has led me to continue to share with you today, so that no matter what level of joy you are currently experiencing, it may increase. It may become more full and complete. There's a Bible verse in 1 Peter, in chapter 1, verse 8, that describes succinctly what I hope for you today. And I'd encourage you to underline this or highlight this in your Bibles or simply let its message settle into your soul as you mull it over in your mind. 1 Peter 1.8 Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Inexpressible and glorious Kara joy is a gift to you this Advent season from our unseen Savior who is doing what he does best, saving us. Embracing this reality will fill you with glorious joy. While I do wish all of you greater joy, I want to assure you that the message that I'm sharing with you today is not intended to squeeze more joy into you, nor is it intended to squeeze more joy out of you. I don't have any hard work for you to do today to get more joy. I'm not going to give you anything to add to your Christmas to-do list. I'm not going to ask you to try harder or to pay more to somehow obtain or earn an increase of joy. Instead, sit back and enjoy two true stories. These stories tie together in such a way that the bow on top is a spontaneous surge of joy so deep and profound it's difficult to describe in words. While many people on the planet decorate for Christmas and plan special Christmas seasonal events, all too frequently, the very same individuals who deck the halls, who ring the jingle bells, and shout ho, ho, ho from behind cotton ball beards, these are people just making well-intentioned attempts to add a drop of joy into an ocean of despair. The frosty on the cake 
is frequently just a thin veneer masking the bitter realities that lie beneath. No Yule log can burn bright enough or long enough to take the chill out of this deep winter's night. We can sing Christmas ditties until we're blue in the face, but they will never take the true blue out of our souls. There is something so wrong in the world that we can't eat or drink our way out of it, no matter how tender the turkey or delightful the dessert. Christmas lights will twinkle in the eyes of billions of men and women, boys and girls, this Christmas season. Carols will jingle in their ears, and the lucky ones will enjoy tasty treats and pretty presents, but these things alone won't fill their souls with joy. The fact is, sin has cast a long, dark shadow across the world that has displaced bright joy with deep despair. If we could see into the depths of people's souls, we would observe that there are far too many who are hopeless, love less, joy less, and peace less. If we could look down into the depths of people's souls, somehow introduce a tiny camera to reveal what is going on deep inside, I think we would be moved to tears, seeing souls imprisoned in the deep darkness, starving for light, suffocating in sin, hungry for hope, agonizing in anxiety, languishing in loneliness, separated from God. We can only imagine the painful images of souls in distress that we would see if we could turn on a camera in people's souls in the soul of humanity and look at it together. What we can only imagine, God actually sees. The Bible says that we see the outward appearances, but God looks at the heart. He sees the dire need in our souls, and he sent Jesus to be our Savior. This is the Christmas story. The second story that I want to walk you through today was introduced to us last Sunday by Pastor Charlie. Today, I would simply like us to go into it a little deeper and stay a little longer as we continue to tie it back into the Christmas story. For this story, we go south, all the way to Copiaco, a gold and copper mine in the country of Chile. On August the 5th, 2010, a huge section of rock ceiling the size of a skyscraper scraper, caved in, leaving 33 men trapped 700 meters below the ground, five kilometers away from the entrance, which was blocked by 700,000 tons of fallen rock. Something that is equivalent to the something that is equivalent to six times the volume of concrete in the CN Tower. What is normally only experienced in nightmares and in horror movies became a reality. Thirty-three men were buried alive, and not just under a pile of leaves, under 700 meters of solid rock. All of the exits were blocked. There was absolutely no way out. And the situation was desperate. They were disconnected from life on the surface without any communication to let people know that they were alive. They faced a very uncertain future and the very real possibility of dying in the dark from starvation or lack of air. To eat and drink, the 33 men had one can of salmon, one can of peaches, 
one can of peas, 18 cans of tuna, 24 liters of condensed milk, and 93 small packages of cookies, and only 10 bottles of clean water. Thankfully, they also had access to several thousand liters of dirty, oily water, which had been used to keep their machinery cool, and although it was dirty, they drank it, and it helped to keep them alive. After two weeks of very tight rations and bad water and no communication with the surface, starvation was becoming a reality. They knew that their rescue was next to impossible and that the relatively small mining company that they worked for would not have the resources to save them. They were living in a black hole that threatened to suck all the joy out of them. They were slowly dying in what looked like would become a 700-meter-deep grave. Their situation was desperate. It was hopeless. But what those 33 trapped miners in their hopeless situation couldn't see was what was happening above. All of their families and loved ones had come to the mine and set up a camp, forming a small community which they called Campo Esperanza, which means Camp Hope. The eyes of everyone in the whole country of Chile was on them, as well as many others from around the world. People had rallied to the rescue, providing encouragement and resources. Eight different 14-centimeter holes were bored down into the ground, hoping to discover the miners still alive somewhere below. Seven of those test holes missed the mark, but finally, after two and a half weeks, one of the drill bits finally broke through into a shaft near to where the miners were trapped, and the miners attached a note to the end of it indicating that they were alive. Now, having that little hole drilled down to them didn't mean that they were saved. It just meant that they had been discovered still alive. The little hole opened a portal into their world, and a camera was lowered down to see what was going on in the depths. Here is a CNN picture of one of the first images transmitted to the surface. Looking down from above, through a super deep little hole, a half a mile down, this is what was seen. What can you read into this image? To me, these eyes, those eyes are saying, here I am, I'm trapped, I'm starving, I'm scared, please help. Provisions were lowered down this small hole as a giant 28-inch diamond-tipped bit drilled downward for the next month and a half to finally open a 28-inch hole all the way down to the miners through which a 21-inch steel tube capsule could pass. The mine had collapsed on August the 5th, and on October the 13th, the first miner, Florencio, entered the capsule and was pulled upward through the dark for 15 minutes until it finally came up out of the ground and he was welcomed into the fresh air of the land of the living by loved ones and people who could care for his needs. And one by one over the next 22 and a half hours, all of the miners were brought to the surface safely. These men earned a place in the Guinness Book of World Records for, for, for surviving the longest period of time underground. And their rescue took 69 days and cost about $20 million US. Now I'd like you to see a picture of the rescue. 
I wish, as you see this picture, that you could also hear the shouts of joy and see, see the tears of joy that are illustrated in this picture as the miners were pulled to safety. It moved me to, to tears when I heard them, and at that time, no one had to tell them to be joyful. No one had to prep the rescued miners and prompt them to rejoice when they were saved. The miners and all of those witnessing the rescue spontaneously rejoiced at the realization that each one was safe and that salvation had come in time. What a contrast between the two pictures I showed you today. The first picture from 700 meters below the ground gave us a glimpse into the life of someone who is trapped, who is suffocating, who is sad, in the gloomy dark. The other photo, which documents their rescue, portrays relief and celebration. And the contrast is between two extremes. There is imprisonment and darkness, loneliness and anxiety on one side, and on the other side, there's joy. And it's what's in between that makes all the difference. A rescue. If you and I are moved to spontaneously rejoice at the news of three, 33 miners saved after 69 days of darkness and distress, how much more will joy well up effortlessly within us at the good news of great joy for all people that Jesus has come from heaven to earth to save us all? If we could see behind all the Christmas glitter and shiny ornaments to see into the souls of humanity, all too often we'd see something similar to what we saw in the face of that miner who was trapped below 700 meters of rock. A look that says, I am trapped, I am dying, I am sad, and I am lonely. Please help. All around. Living in this uncertain present and facing an uncertain future, millions are experiencing deep despair instead of profound joy. And at one time, we've been there too. We know all too well that sin imprisons and isolates, it suffocates hope, stifles joy, and squashes peace. While the world languishes in darkness and distress, a rescue plan has been organized in the heavenly realms and has been implemented here on earth. God spared no expense to reach us and rescue us. The Bible says in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God effectively drilled down through space and time to bore a hole through the barrier that created by our sins that separate us from him. Jesus came to our rescue and was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Angels announced his birth to shepherds working in the fields nearby, proclaiming good news of great joy for all the people. Hope came and set up camp among us. Jesus entered the dark as the light of the world, saying, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the way out of the dark. He was anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. He was sent to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the Christmas story, which brings us back to the key verse that I want to leave with you today, from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. 
Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Joy is yours as you trust in Jesus. That care a joy of cheerfulness, calm delight, and gladness. A joy that defies description. An inexpressible and glorious joy is ours because of Jesus, who we have not seen, but who we love, whom we don't see now, but in whom we believe. And the result is our rescue. It's the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And joy wells up within us as the realization that we are saved sinks in. This Christmas season and all of its celebrations help us to never get numb to the gift of joy. If we learn anything from Scripture, from the story of Christ's birth and the whole Christmas narrative, we learn that we have hope, love, joy, and peace through our Savior Jesus Christ, for he has seen us at our point of deepest need and answered our cry for help. Perhaps you still feel trapped in sin today, without hope in this world. Take heart. Trust in Jesus. He will save you too. It was Corey Ten Boom who said, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. If you'd like to know more about that gift of salvation, I invite you to contact me or reach out to our church office during the week, and we would be glad to share with you more. As we all trust in Jesus as our Savior, we can echo the words of Psalm 40, verses 1 to 2. We waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to us and heard our cry. He lifted us out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set our feet on a rock and gave us a firm place to stand. And so let's say thanks to God as we rejoice this Christmas. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, we are grateful and joyful because you have come to our rescue. You have infused our lives with joy based on the reality that you are with us, that you are our Savior. May this bright joy flow freely among us and through us. May it shine around us and spread near and far as the good news of salvation is shared. Thank you for coming to be our Savior. Thank you for turning on the light and for lifting us out of the dark. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins and restoring us in our relationship with you. Thank you for paying the price for our rescue. It's true we don't see you, but we love you. We don't see you now, but we believe in you. And we rejoice and experience a joy that defies description, a joy that's inexpressible and glorious. Because of you, we are receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And so we rejoice in you, in your love, in your care, and in your salvation this Christmas and always. And now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, who was before all ages, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen.